Keontae George's Summer League, and John Collins with Holly Rowe. This is Round Ball Roundup on utahjazz.com, live from Las Vegas. I'm JP Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, Equal Housing Lender. I say this every year, but it remains true, and it will remain true so long as Saturday nights like this happen for the Utah Jazz or any team. If you have the opportunity to come down to Summer League, you better take it. It is a who's that in the NBA. Who's that over there? Is that is that Dennis Rodman? That is Dennis Rodman. Who's that over there? Is that Paolo? That is Paolo. It is a who's who. And in the Jazz Clippers game on Summer League, it was a who's who because the logo was sitting courtside and was going back and forth with Keontae George. And it starts there. Keontae George, what a start to Summer League in Las Vegas. Building off what he did in Salt Lake, Summer League is where you go to buy hype. You go coming into these games wanting to believe in your player, and you're going to convince yourself that your team made the right draft selection. Love the fit. Good match at player and scheme. But nights like last night are the reason why you buy into the hype. On the other end, if you're making the other argument, a player that has a bad summer league game, it doesn't doom their career. Trey Young had an awful Salt Lake summer league. He was terrible. People were looking up places for him to play in Lithuania on the internet. And he bounced back. But Keontae George is showing why you buy the hype. And 33 points, 10 assists, getting recognition from the logo. That's where you see the way that he plays and the smile that he has on his face. And that was the interaction that he had with Jerry West. It was him smiling. And Jerry said, I thought you were a serious player. He is a serious player. If you watched any of that game last night, he was doing it at three levels. He was showing his athleticism in the open court. The alley-oop from Colby Ross, and shout-out Colby Ross, who is on this Summer League squad and playing the point when it isn't Keontae George. He's sharing the ball-handling duties for this team. Shout-out Colby Ross. Pepperdine's own. Colby Ross found Keontae George in the alley-oop that sent the place into a frenzy. So Keontae did it at the rim. Keontae did it in the mid-range getting to his spots, using his separation that he had, and he did it from deep. He took some long ones. And after the game, Reggie Jackson was walking past him in the back hallway, and he said, that boy's nice. And it's the only takeaway that you could have after that game. He is someone you can get behind. Because the best question of the day happened to be from Ryan Miller, KSL, he asked Keontae the weaknesses or, or like the knocks in your draft were that you weren't athletic, were the turnovers, passing, being that. Last couple games, you've really shown that you, you've been knocking those down. And he has. Like The last game of Summer League was so much better than his first game of Summer League in Salt Lake. First game, he, he showed a flash in the pan that thread the needle pass to Luka Shamanich was really impressive, but it wasn't as good as his alley-oop to Ochai in Game 3. He settled in. 
And so Ryan asked that question, and not only does Keontae take it on that, yeah, those weaknesses are the things that I'm trying to disprove, he shows his phone lock screen, and it is a draft profile of him where it's zoomed in strictly on the weaknesses. His lock screen, every day that he looks at, he's looking at it this morning, is weaknesses. Three-point consistency, shot selection, passing slash turnovers. How could you not want to buy in on that? Five stars. Nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. It's called Round Ball Roundup. Before we get to John Collins, I want to do a little on Dame because things have quieted down. You're here at Summer League hearing Scuttlebutt talking to everybody in the league about what might happen, what could happen with Dame. There was that interesting Woj piece about what is happening with the Trailblazers' leverage. And ultimately, I think this ends in Miami. But I clearly see everything you see. And that's that the Jazz should make an offer for Dame. Now, should they? I think it's a fascinating question because of the draft pick haul that the Jazz have over the last couple of trades that they've been able to accomplish. They did that so they could get in these conversations. And in the Woj piece, I mean, the Jazz called, but they didn't necessarily make a big offer. That's because, in my opinion, timelines don't match up. You trade for Dame... You're sacrificing one of these young guys. I'm sure they're watching Keontae George and Joe Cronin with Portland. He's asking about Keontae George coming in a deal. But you would sacrifice one of these young guys. You'd have to add in one of the bigger contracts. And then you're going to be sacrificing all that depth from making this trade while also including the picks. So would you have more than five playoff players? Because the starting five would be awesome. You'd have Dame, Jordan Clarkson, Lowry, John Collins, Walker. That's a really good starting five. That's not breakthrough, go to the final starting five, in my opinion. But yeah, should they call? It would be a dereliction of duty by Justin Zanuck and Danny Ainge if they didn't at least explore the opportunity. Because why acquire all those picks? It's to get into conversations like that. They can do the Kevin Durant deal twice over because of how many picks that they have. So yeah, there's a call, but I don't think that Dame to Utah is ultimately the deal. And then final note before we get to John Collins, uh, Paul Reed, B-Ball Paul. According to Shams, he signed an offer sheet with the Jazz. He's the ultimate flash player. He would be an immediate backup for Walker Kessler. This team needs a little steal. They need some backbone behind Walker. They traded away Damian Jones, so the depth at center needs some improvement. But Philly has till tonight at midnight to match that qualifying offer. He's a restricted free agent. He's not yet on the team yet, even though he signed the qualifying offer. We will know on the next podcast. That's when we can dive in fuller to what the depth chart is. Who would you start? Get into that and more from Vegas. I love this place. And seriously, full endorsement. If you have the opportunity to come here, get on down here. Loads of fun. I'll be around for the Jazz's next two games, and we'll see what that brings. I got to head out for more Bowling A's. So let's get to John Collins. 
John was incredible to meet because he came up to me and said, hey, I've been watching the YouTube channel. So I caught a couple of your interviews on the podcast. I wanted to know what I was getting into. And I said, oh yeah, I was looking at a couple of YouTube clips of yourself. He's engaged. He knows what is going on. And I anticipate that he'll be on this podcast later on. I can't wait to have him on here because he's going to have an opportunity with a team that really values him after years on the trade block. His beyond basketball personality is that he likes soccer. And how could I not appreciate someone who's a footy head? He likes Chelsea FC. I anticipate we'll be talking about that when the Premier League gets started. So you'll enjoy it. I'll be back with more from Vegas. What's Keontae's follow-up to this? How does he respond to the hype? I'll be able to see it here. Please enjoy the Hall of Famer Holly Rowe with John Collins on Round Ball Roundup. Welcome to the Utah Jazz, John. This is so exciting. I know everything I've read, it says the Jazz have been wanting you for a long time. What did you think when you finally get traded to the Utah Jazz? Uh, you know, I was I was excited going to a place that I knew really wanted me and um, was trying to have me, you know, in the organization. You know, it's always very nice to hear and uh, know coming to a place that really wants you and really wants you to, you know, uh, excel here. So, um it was just a, sign of, a big sigh of relief knowing that all the talking, you know, trade talks were over and uh, I can go to my new home and start anew. It's your new home, but it's not the first time that your journey started here in Utah. Tell me what else started here in Utah. Yeah, well, for any, anyone that doesn't know, I'm a military brat and um, I was born here on in Hill Air Force Base. Uh, not sure which direction, but I know it's pretty close. North. Yeah, pretty close to, to Salt Lake and... Um, as I said, my mom was an Air Force uh, Air Force woman, did 21 years, and everything was history. She's got an interesting journey. So you've you've had an interesting journey growing up, being part of a military family with your mom. Uh, uh, double military. My dad. Dad also. Okay, so tell me tell me what it was like growing up with parents that were like on you like that. You know, it was something that I always was just accustomed to, um, being from a, a Caribbean household. You know. Um, my mom, my grandmother, my aunt, you know, very disciplinary women. Um, my aunts were actually also teachers. So I was always raised in a house that was based on respect. And as I got older, you know, and I watched my mom go to work every morning, you know, I used to come downstairs, well, not in the, not downstairs, into the kitchen and put my mom's military boots on for her, you know what I mean, and take them off when she came home. Um, so it, it just taught me all work like you know I would literally watch my mom lace her boots up to go to work every morning so like you know and I'm, I'm out of walk to school and you know I had to wait for her finish work and then come pick me back up and she cooked me a you know what I mean cook me a meal you know I didn't I didn't appreciate that until I got older but um that was one of the biggest things I always just wanted to to do is when I when I made it I wanted to make sure my mom was you know taken care of taken care of back um but she is Definitely fire, firecracker though. So don't don't mess with mom, man. You 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 want to see a whole new mom. I can't wait to meet her. I'm like I want to meet. You know, just reading about her, I'm like, mom seems awesome. No, she's awesome. What? Tell me one sweet thing you've done for mom since you made it. 
I mean, I just don't want to say it's monetary things, but you know what I mean? Like, I just take her. Like, she don't got to pay no bills. If she gets, she asks me something, she go on vacation. She do what she, she just do whatever she wants. Like, that's what I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to give my mom just one thing. Just like here, have fun. Like, do you? Like, yeah, I'm, I'm working right now. I'm working for you. I'm working for everybody. I work for my son. You know, that's how I feel. You know, I'm working for the ones that I love. So, you know, I'd be mad if she wasn't enjoying herself. You know, that's beautiful. You have moved around a lot throughout your childhood. How has that kind of made you a unique person that you're able to handle moves like this and adapting quickly? No, yeah, it was just part of my life as a, as a child growing up, something that I accept, uh, accepted early, you know, knowing that mom was, you know, going to be in a bunch of places that she was already bef um, going to before I was here. I had a chance to live in Guam, Turkey. Um, I spent eight years in Tacoma, lived in the Virgin Islands with my grandmother, um, and then spent the latter half of my, my childhood middle school and onward um, in uh, in South Florida, West Palm Beach. So um, it always just taught me to be open and to, to, you know, not have a closed mind when it comes to approaching people and having conversations as, you know, my friend's friend group was always shrinking. So I had to figure it out. Your friend group here just got a lot bigger. You, you were at Utah Summer League and the fans just seemed so excited. Tell me what your reception has been like so far. No, it's been amazing. Even walking, um, down the street, I wanted to go get a couple hats, and you know, a couple fans stopped me. Uh, you know, kids in the store, and uh, as as you said, when I walked into the arena, I felt the energy. Um, the the fans here, as I've been told, are just diehard. They you know they really love the jazz. Um, it's the biggest show in town, and I feel like the fans really buy into that. And um, you know, I'm a person that loves to have real support, so I'm gonna do my best to uh, show my appreciation of that on the court. You've been able to kind of really showcase your skill in Atlanta and develop into who you are now. What do you think you're going to add to the Utah Jazz that fans could be excited about? Um, you know, I could talk about how I feel about basketball, um, the the skill stuff. But, you know, it's something I've just been working on my whole life. I love the game. But um, for me, I feel like it's just who I am as a leader. You know, I feel like a lot of people always tell me I'm a natural-born leader. And I, I know um, in certain areas myself, I, I'd like to take ownership. Um, I don't mind taking responsibility, so um, I definitely feel like, you know, you're getting a leader here in Utah, somebody who's, like I said, not afraid to be held accountable um, and hold others accountable. You know what I mean? That's really the biggest thing outside of what I, what I bring on the court. I think that's really cool because this is a young team, young coaching staff, young team, and, and now that you're a veteran coming in, how can you be that presence and be that leader that you, that you can be? Yeah, and that's funny, too, now that I'm considering myself a veteran. You know, I'm still 25. 25 years old uh so you know I always get the young the young vet tag um I think this will be my seventh going on my sixth or seventh year this year so uh you know I, I take that with honor and pride that people look at look to look at me in that way uh to to lead and uh it's just something I feel like I'm I do whether I want to or not so I'm um, just about being myself and not trying to, to overdo it and, and letting everything sort of uh, come to me. Now let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz. 
I know you played against the Jazz last year with this kind of new roster, and you see how long and how big this Jazz team is. And now they add you with your size and presence. What What is your mind, like, where are you going within your mind? Like, wow, this is going to be cool. Yeah, you know, I'm big on envisioning and trying to look into the future to see what I want. So, um, obviously, I see uh, that very big front line of Lori, myself, Walker, um, being out there. And, you know, the NBA's... Uh, a tough league, but having that amount of length and size and versatility uh, is going to be great. You know, I definitely feel like I add a component of athleticism into that, you know, great bit of size and versatility. So um, I'm excited. You know, Lori and I have battled uh, each other a lot in the past, and um, we were texting a little bit, just excited to, to finally be on each other's team and just ready to play. What has your reception with the guys been like? I know you got to stop in and say hello to some people. Tell me what what people have said to you so far, what what is the welcome been like? Uh, in terms from the players, it's, it's nothing too crazy right now. You know, it's still summer league. Um, said what's up to o Ochai, um, Tay, um, and whatnot. Big Vernon, another Florida guy. So I try to, you know, talk to the people that I know enough. But it's other than that, it's been respect. And, you know, I could feel that um, walking into the gym, and I just try to get that back. I saw some intense conversations going on with you and Will Hardy. Like, I felt like coaches hit the ground hit the ground running with you like what's he saying to you so far uh he's saying all all the right things you know he excited that I'm here um you know he's telling me just to be a basketball player telling me about the fans and the culture here and um again he's he's one of one of the coaches and what he's actually told me is he doesn't want me to overthink you know he wants me to just uh get here get acclimated and, and really just be a basketball player um and, and that would be what what I'd say he's his emphasis is is just be a basketball player John and and uh, let the rest handle itself, and I, I can do that. All right, getting acclimated. Tell me kind of what does the rest of your summer look like um, before you get back here and kind of get settled in? Yeah, summer is real, um, really relaxing. I try to relax. Um, I go back to, to Florida, uh, hang with my family, chill with my little man. I have a three-year-old now, um, so I am a daddy. And, uh, you know, that's really it, just training, um, keeping my body and my spirit, my mental right, and uh, trying to take care of daddy duties and family duties and whatnot, you know, vacation here and there, but just really relax. Where do you think you're at with your shooting right now? What do you What do you think is good? Um, really, is shooting for me is obviously reps, but it's more mental, and and that's why I'm sort of just trying to relax and keep myself in it in a good spirit. Because for me, the game part of the game is keeping your body right, but it's also being again in the right mental state to stay confident, stay locked in, and. And really just do the small things that add up to to a big goal. Um, and that's how I feel about my shooting. You know, as long as I, again, don't overthink and just have confidence to, to know that I've been shooting the ball my entire life and to, to continue shooting. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it there and just continue to work on my game. Okay, before I let you go, give me a couple of basketball things. Just, um, you know, I know you don't want to get too far deep into the weeds because you're going to get your feet under you here when you get here. But tell me what... You're like, okay, I think Utah fans need to know they're getting this from an on-the-court perspective. Well, and I, I don't know. You know, I, I've only, I only know how to play one way. And um, if there's one thing that Coach was telling me yesterday, the fans here love, you know, a player who plays hard, plays with passion, loves the game, will dive on the floor, you know, chase, chase down blocks, take charges. Um, I do all that, you know what I mean, outside of this, the skill stuff and, 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 you know, all the basketball stuff. That having heart is part of what I do. So um, when I was hearing Coach saying that, I'm like, man, I'm a fit right here because, you know, I leave my heart on the court every time I go out there. So 
I feel like that can be appreciated. There, it's gonna be like I'm gonna be like Energizer Bunny. We'll just keep going. Um, so that that's one thing that I'm excited about is for not only the fans to see how I can play basketball, but the heart I have when I play as well. There's a great old saying like the love you give is the love you get. Right. You'll get that right back from the fans. Right. I know that. Right.